This is the last Watchdog podcast with Byron Akihito. Inserting security into DevOps is a tricky business. I spoke to Rohit Sethi of Security Compass about how integrating of security best practices into DevOps can be done without sacrificing agility. There's a broad industry trend that's been happening for some time, which is that business has to go faster. It almost doesn't matter what industry you're in. Mm -hmm. People need to produce results faster and competition is increasing. The other really big trend that's happening is software is becoming essential to almost every business. As companies start to realize how pivotal software is and the fact that they have to go quickly, there's a lot of pressure on how can you get software to market quickly. Those are the real business drivers that have necessitated change. Over the years, inside of the software development process, we've seen improvement in getting software out faster. So there was an agile software development movement, and that was about becoming more iterative in approach as opposed to massive IT projects that were poised to fail. Scope down, make sure that you have a minimum viable product, something that's really small, and iterate with real-world feedback rather than trying to produced a perfect, massive product, right? That was the original trend. And then what's happened is that some of the technology, things like cloud and continuous integration, these, these new sort of technologies have emerged. We've been able to move to much more rapid cycles of develop and deploy, get feedback and make changes. I just heard somebody say fast fail is a thing now. I mean, that's... <laughs> well, that, the intent is get software out really quickly. As soon as there's a defect of some kind, fix it quickly. And I'll talk about this a little bit later, but that becomes a problem in the security context. Nonetheless, the ability to just ship software out quickly has become you know, an imperative for all, almost all businesses. Meaning like if you don't do this, your competitors will. And if you, your competitors are moving quickly and you're not, your business is at risk. And this all has to do with migrating to the cloud, taking advantage of that, putting out apps to connect with customers and partners and that kind of stuff, mobile. There, there's a couple of layers to it. There's a technology yeah. layer, which is all the things you talked about, but probably more important than that is a philosophy yeah. layer, right? Which is to say, things need to change in the way we run our processes. We can't have massive bloated processes where there's a lot of stakeholders defining a really comprehensive set of things, uh, requirements up front and going through these big, phase gates and a bunch of people agreeing at different steps. You have to enable smaller teams, empower them, take input from something that has been shipped rather than try to get the perfect solution out first. That's a big change, especially for large companies where there's a lot of top-down decision-making. The philosophy change is probably the most difficult part of it, not so much the technology. What's the security piece of this that come along with it? What's happened is that security has often been an afterthought when it comes to things like software development and you know shipping software over the years we've come up with new technologies and new processes to help with software security microsoft built bill gates issued the trustworthy computing memo many years ago kind of 2002 gave birth. i was there oh there you are <laughs> you know gave birth to a whole way a new way of thinking about baking security into the software development process and so there was a whole series of processes and training and tooling that kind of came as a result of that over shut the down years. windows for a few months to do that, that. imagine imagine <laughs> making that kind of decision right so that was a big change it was a big philosophical change what happens is with devops because you can move so quickly a lot of what we consider to be security best practice has had to somehow adopt to DevOps. Now, what we believe has happened is that there's become a industry accepted best practice, which we call the fast and risky approach to building software, which is to say you build software, 
and then you employ a whole series of reactive automated processes to make sure that it's secure, and if you find something, go back and fix it. Allow you to fail fast. <laughs> Allow you to fail fast, except the problem is some of those failures are architectural in nature, and they're not easy to fix. The other problem is some things just can't be detected by a reactive process. It's kind of like saying, you should go build a house, build it as quickly as possible, and then we're gonna we're gonna go do a home inspection. See if the door yeah, falls off. Yeah, go fix off it. Go fix it really it. quickly, right? <laughs> so, you know, first of all, you're gonna find things too late. But second of all, there's just some things you're not gonna be able to find. You think Until about later. Things, well, that's right. Or yeah. or yeah, or Until somebody finds the, an incident. You, yeah, right? you open the door ten times and then it will fall off. And so you can imagine, like for example privacy, compliance. These are things that you can't easily automate testing for necessarily. So did you did you allow your users to consent to having their data collected? You could test for that, but if you find there's an issue, fixing that is not simple, right? This fast and risky approach, the problem we're seeing is that a lot of the innovation in quote unquote DevSecOps is all around after software's been built, let's try and find some issues with it. And the problem is that if you're ever breached or you're under regulatory scrutiny and all you do is after the fact security processes, that's not a good position to be in. If you think about back to this trustworthy computing memo, there's a whole series of things that happen. We ought to be training developers. We ought to be doing things like quote unquote threat modeling and risk assessments and following secure coding standards. And They're changing the whole culture around this. That's right, Yeah. from the front do it proactively from the start of your process. But that's not really what DevSecOps tends to be about. And so what we have is this challenge where you're either taking this fast and risky approach or you have a bunch of companies that say, I can't afford to do that. I have to do these best practices and the only way I'm gonna do them is by employing a scarce set of experts that are gonna essentially bottleneck the process. Like, I need my privacy expert to weigh in on quote unquote privacy by design in my software development process. Well, if you're building really quickly and you only have five privacy experts across a company of let's say a thousand people, those development teams are gonna have to either wait for those five privacy experts to weigh in or they're gonna just do what they do and then go back after the fact and pretend that they did privacy by design, right? Like do it as a checkbox exercise. The people who do do these manual processes, we say that's the slow and safe approach. That's great for risk perspective, but it's not good for getting your products out to market quickly. And so we have this, what we call development devil's choice. You're either gonna go yeah, fast gotcha. and risky or slow and safe. So when you say DevSecOps now, or when people say it here at this conference, what, what are they sure. talking about? Yeah, are they I talking should, about I clarify. the devils or are they talking about the slow, the fast or the slow? When people say DevSecOps, what they mean is, how can we integrate security to be a first-class citizen of the DevOps movement? Instead of calling it DevOps, let's call it DevSecOps. Yeah. Security is a part of it, not just development and operations. Right. But inevitably, what happens is they really are talking about automation, often about after-the-fact scanning, testing, configuration, detecting attacks as they happen. These are all reactive. So yeah, not really stopping and saying, oh, let's integrate it from the right, start? Right, exactly. That's not clear. <laughs> it's not clear to me. Yeah. In all the messaging. Going no, on. The, the messaging makes it seem like, hey, we're integrating into our development process. Yes, but when you, you kind of like peel beneath the lid and you, 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 you look a little bit at the details, what are they saying? Well, they're saying like, we're going to test really quickly and find issues. But that's after the fact, right? Like you wrote something to be able to test it. Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, all those things, all those best practices, they seem to be completely ignored. Like, oh, we can get away without doing a risk assessment or without doing threat modeling or without doing secure coding standards, mm -hmm. privacy impact assessments, privacy by design. Maybe we can just not do all those things. 
and then we can just ship really quickly. That seems to be what is emerging as best practice. So for that, that's where the tilt is, is toward yeah. the fast, not Absolutely. the slow. Now, yeah. that's in general. However, in general, yeah. regulated industries, heavily regulated industries like financial services, they just simply can't get away with that because there's so much regulatory scrutiny that regardless of whether or not they're breached, they're going to be audited, and those audits are going to find that they're not doing the processes they're required to do by law. Mm-hmm. So and he- and he- healthcare, healthcare, and- government, and any really highly regulated industry where there's enough awareness from the audit community about things like software development, they're just not going to be able to take that approach. What does Security Compass bring to the table? It's a good setup. Thank you for that context. Yeah, no worries. So we need to find balance between this idea of fast and risky and slow and safe. And so we help to automate the concept of fast and safe, which is to say, if you look at any of those proactive processes, they tend to follow a pretty standard workflow, which is you have the set of experts, they go and gather some information about a system, some software that you're building, they analyze that information, they come up with a set of recommendations, Mm -hmm. you know, this application should do these following things, they track them, and then they report on them. What SD Elements does is we automate these things. We automate the information gathering, automate the generation of recommendations, automate integrating that into the development process, tracking them in things like ticketing systems that the developers use. So there's minimal process change to the way you're developing software. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we integrate with those reactive processes, meaning if you run a scanner, you may have had a security best practice that you need to follow. We can check whether or not the scanner looked for it and if it found an issue or not. So essentially, we're taking those proactive processes and automating significant portions of them Mm -hmm. so that you can continue to develop quickly, but you're no longer neglecting the, you know, do it by design principles. So that that kind of assumes that for any given uh, user, they are giving you enough inputs about their process that allows you to make this actually substantive? The way it works is essentially there's a content library behind the scenes. We have a set of researchers who work on this all the time. We ship updates every six weeks on you know new changes to security vulnerabilities and defensive controls and compliance standards and these sorts of things. What we need from the customer to configure it initially, like what you're talking about, yes, is some understanding of their process and making sure that we can configure the system to match it. You're kind of letting them know or imposing a little bit of here's some of the stuff that you should be absolutely striving so, for. So we have you know there's best practices around it. So to give you an example, like we have customers who have done agile transformation and they've scaled 4,000 applications with the small central security team by using our product SD elements. And they've done it as part of their agile transformation. Whereas if they didn't, they essentially would not have been able to get as many applications converted to the agile process because they'd still have to wait for a lot of the manual work to be done. Okay, Um, now I like that. Explain that a little more. What difference did it make? Yeah, so regulated entity has to do these proactive processes that I talked about, right? And they have to do a risk assessment, they have to do threat modeling, they have to follow secure coding guidelines. What they would have done, what they did do before having SD elements was they'd have a PDF. They'd send the PDF to a developer. The developer would have to read through it, say, yeah, I followed my, I looked at secure coding standards and they'd have to document somewhere that they did that. A a list. Literally a PDF, a document, static document. Then they'd have to go through a separate process where they were interviewed by some application security expert who would then help them come up with a diagram for what the system architecture looks like and then they'd go off and spend 
a week coming up with what are the potential threats and what are the potential countermeasures. Mm -hmm. And then they do a separate one with the risk management team. And then they might do a separate one with the privacy team. And all of these things needed to happen theoretically before they built any software. They had to do this because they're regulated, is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Now, really everybody needs to do these things. No, that's what I'm saying, but go, yeah. keep going with But they have question. to do it because they, they're gonna be audited for it. Whereas the other companies, it would be if, if they were breached they'd have to show some evidence that they've done these things, right? To, to show that they're following industry standard best practices. What happened was, in order for those teams to move to Agile, they had to show that they were able to integrate the security, the, those proactive processes, not just the reactive ones in their move. And so what they do is they'd essentially make sure that they've configured SD elements, they'd have somebody from the development team fill out this like questionnaire describing the system, they'd get a series of all of the appropriate controls that they need to implement. It would all be integrated into the ticketing system the developers are using, mm -hmm. all done in a matter of minutes as opposed to weeks, mm -hmm. and consolidated amongst all those different stakeholder groups I talked about. Mm -hmm. And then they'd implement them and we'd have an audit trail that they followed security and privacy and compliance best practices. Mm -hmm. And then they just go and like, you know, that would be just part of their standard development process. So they'd ship the software, they'd work on sprints like any agile team does, mm -hmm. all while integrating security and compliance and privacy. So in. they did it for the first dozen or a hundred apps and then all the way up to 4,000. It yeah, kind of started, yeah. picked up momentum. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. And that's just, I mean, there's several customers that have just gone to enterprise scale, um, all, all very similar stories. But going forward, how does this, so you have the regulator companies having to do this, so you're starting there, and then but eventually, like you were alluded to, how do you get the voluntary ones to do this? Well, I think what happens in general in security is that there's like a, in technology in general, right? Yeah. There's a technology adoption curve. Right. And so in security, the technology adoption curve tends to start with things like financial services. They're the first to adopt new technologies in security. And then you're going to see some of the other regulated entities follow. But eventually, it's going to hit an inflection point where you have to do industry standard best practice. Like, you might not be regulated, but if you're a, if you're a company with a board of directors, mm -hmm. probably somebody cares about cybersecurity, right? Like, right. You, you need to show that you're following cybersecurity best practices. And to the extent that you develop software, it becomes increasingly known that, like, there's serious risk with software, if, if security is not integrated, you have to show how you're following industry standard and, best practice. And then broader regulation, like the California Privacy Act exactly. is coming on. Well, yeah. California Privacy Act or GDPR, like th these things all talk about privacy by design. Yeah, they're not prescribing, but they're right in the same. They're, well, they're there, right? Yeah. Like you, you, you have to be doing these things. And yeah. so if there's a breach, and you're found that like, well, you didn't really integrate privacy by design. You're running yourself uh, you know, a potential fine risk there. Uh, that's really, I think, when the inflection point starts to change. And right now, companies can get away with doing things like a pen test and saying they've done enough security. And that's great. I mean, like we do pen testing too. We have a services team, that's great. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing that you need to do, right? We don't knock it. It's just that it needs to also be done alongside proactive. So you're getting your early adapters here with the regulated sort of uh, companies that are doing this? We have two sets of customers, three. We have the highly regulated entities. The other group that we have are a lot of the largest software vendors and IoT vendors yeah. in the world. Yeah. They may not be heavily, well, IoT is regulated, but uh, software vendors are not. But they just have a lot of customer focus on how secure is your software, and they need to have auditable trail that they're integrating security into their software. And then there is a group of customers, you know, it's not the biggest 
part of our customer mix, but there is a group of customers that just want to be proactive. They're not heavily regulated, but they have a lot of brand risk, and they're just sophisticated enough to know that like the fast and risky, slow and safe, they're going to go to the slow and safe route because they're worried about brand risk but they can't afford to because their competitors are not. Mm -hmm. And so they need to find innovation. And so that's why I say we're, we're really like a speed of software development company. That's really what we want to help with. Get your products out to market fast, but in a responsible way. So is DevSecOps, should that term be obsolete soon? Or No, I mean no, no, not at all. Those things that the DevSecOps tools are doing are absolutely critical. And uh, they're game changing. They're streamlining the way that we integrate security after the fact. But at least like things like infrastructure security, for example, you know, we're being we're doing that in a really automated way. So that's not going to go away. I mean, that'll be kind of should the not go layer. away. Yeah. Very it's good. It's a layer, so security. to speak. Exactly. About layer, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so those things are all very positive. It's just that it's not sufficient. Mm -hmm. on, on their own. Because of what you described. Yeah. Great. You covered a lot of ground and fantastic. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that.